Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Uh, okay, today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. And we have a Manchester Derby in the FA Cup. And Martin told me right before the pod, first time ever. That's exciting. Yeah, man, I, I got to say, this is like the first time since 2016 that I'm again excited for the FA Cup. Uh, and, and to be fair, it is totally a selfish excitement because my team is in it. Um, if Manchester City was playing Brighton, uh, I would say, eh, it's a bullshit cup. It's lost all its, its value. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, super stoked for the final. Um, if you watched the games this weekend, you, you didn't miss much. The Manchester United versus Brighton game. It was, was kind of it was kind of shitty. Uh, Manchester City versus Sheffield. We all knew what was going to happen, but the final Manchester City on an absolute roll uh, versus Manchester United, who is just struggling through the end of the season. So uh, there is hope for Manchester United to be the ones who can personally stop Manchester City from winning that treble. And by golly, I hope we take it. I hope this FA Cup final is a crack. I'm. I'm like kind of mixed because at one hand, like I don't want Man City to win the treble because that also means Arsenal doesn't win the Premier League. So that's right. let's start there. But I'm also like in this season, which is one of Arsenal's best seasons, we'll say since probably 2004, <laughs> since the last time they were, you know, winning Premier League titles um, that they go trophyless. And for Manchester United to have two trophies in a year where Arsenal were a better team, Martin, I'm sorry, like we were a better team than yours all season long and to go trophy list i mean the memes will not be kind to me i we were just talking earlier about how you have something like a loaded gun of a meme waited to send to me at some point when all hope is lost and every time i post to lads on our instagram about arsenal losing or coming back against the worst team in the league this this fucking weekend (laughs) um i die a little inside i'm dead i am really really dead inside uh from watching the phillies lose from watching the philadelphia union lose watching the eagles lose a championship this year Arsenal blowing it this year, as I know the Sixers will probably lose in the next round to the Celtics. I'm having a really bad sports year. So I'm mixed about allowing Man City to get the treble. I think for football heritage, we can't allow that to happen. Um, and then around Manchester United, who um, we've been having, you know, as a pod, like I can't allow you to be happy when I'm this sad, you know. I will say, I will say to just put a caveat on everything. I will not be happy with the FA Cup. Uh, the Premier League and the Champions League, it's it's that or bust, baby. Everything mm. else is is nice. It adds to the collection, but happiness rides on the creme de la creme. So don't don't get it twisted. That sports depression is alive and true. Um, but yeah, um, it would be absolutely wild if Manchester United comes out of this season with two trophies and Arsenal has nothing to show for it. Just on like a straight up meme basis, but. I hate when you wouldn't... say it. I like when I said the whole like, we won the trophy list. <laughs> hold on, like... hold on. I, 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 got, I got the good <laughs> news. I got the good news coming. Anybody with a football brain and who can pay attention to something more than a half second can look back on this season and be like, you know, this fucking Arsenal team, they were something else. This Manchester United team is not going to be talked about uh, in that fashion or in that sense like this Arsenal team will be talked about. Um, so I, I do think that 
it is important to definitely recognize what this Arsenal team has done. However, I will say that the bald man that is in charge of my club has fucking got this ragtag group of fucking muffins into two finals in his first season in charge. That is that blows my mind. I recognize as any true um, sports fan and Manchester United fan should this is a three four year progress for ETH. But the fact that he has mustered this team, hell, he even got David De Gea through a penalty shootout. The man, Kevin, brought this stat up before we started potting. He's 0 for 29 in his last penalties uh, he's faced. And we won the penalty shootout. <laughs> that is bald man genius right there. So it's a bald man versus bald man. Uh, requiem for a dream here in the final. 1-1 in the season. One win at OT. One win at the empty had. And now we're at Wembley, baby. For all the marbles, this is small team mentality, and I'm so here for it. This really is a bald off. It's like the it's rock. Off. It's the the rock versus Vin Diesel and like Fast <laughs> Five or whatever. Yeah, whenever uh, it became military cars, it, when it became a superhero franchise where mm-hmm. everyone just has like <laughs> cars don't apply to any type of physics. Transformer and, cars. Yeah, and now they're going into space with the new ones. I don't know. I right now. Jesus. I can't. I can't keep track. I'm just sad that Brie Larson's in the new one because I'm like, I want her to be a good actress, and now she's doing Fast. <laughs> and Fu- I want. To, but she's doing Fast and Furious movies and commercials every day. Anyway, anyway, right. I'm not gonna. I digress. I digress. The room um, looks great, though. I know, but that was like 20 years ago. It feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that incredible was a movie. Great, movie. Great, great, great book. Um, and then she did her Marvel stuff of Captain Marvel, and now I'm just waiting. What's next, Pre? What's the, the room was like 2014. We're like a decade almost removed from it. Um, that's nuts to think about. I hate thinking about that. Or maybe not. Maybe 2016, 17. It feels like forever ago. I don't know. We're 2014 uh, away from Clint Dempsey in an American uniform. I'm sorry, 10 years. 2014 was the last time Clint American went to a, Clint America. Clint Dempsey went to. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clint man. Dempsey went to a World Cup, and that breaks my heart sometimes. I fucking love Clint Dempsey. Um. So yeah, I mean, in terms of early, early predictions for the FA Cup, um, which will happen after the league and after the Champions League, um, let's 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 run some hypotheticals here. I mean, say Man City has won the league, fuck, and say they've won the Champions League, fuck. I mean maybe they're so worn out from all these other competitions. That's kind of like my hope with Arsenal right now that they're worn out from their Champions League running that we'll also have a run in the Premier League. But like, I mean, going into that, I feel like Manchester United, uh, I feel like we'll have way, I mean, I guess Man City will have more of incentive because they'll win uh, a treble. But like, I feel like they've already got their main goal. They won the Champions League. The FA Cup would just be like a really good, no one's going to be like, wow, they blew the treble. I mean, the big thing will be they won the Champions League, you know? Um, so who, ha- who, who has more incentive, like Man United to prove something with these like guys, or I guess, I guess it would be Man City. I don't know why I even brought up this hypothetical. I, I think it's, it's a fucking rock meets a hard object, um, where you have so much on the line for both of these clubs, a team with no history, trying to establish themselves in, in the Titans of, of soccer legend, a treble, only two teams have done it um you you put your team on that list it's a, it's a titan of the industry and then manchester united who is protecting that heritage so to speak you know they are the one of two teams that have ever done it and and to protect that heritage and to be the one to to prevent a a third name from joining that list i mean i think the pressure is on both teams however i think that when you look at both teams going into this final uh, Manchester City wins nine times out of ten. You look at the injury report on the Manchester United squad. 
let alone the quality and the skill um, deficits between the two clubs. But you look at the players that are available for Eric Ten Hag to select. There's no starting center back. Um, Erickson is has been pretty bunked since uh, returning from injury, probably still injured. Rashford's injured. Uh, Jaden Sancho is not fucking living up to any type of expectation. And yeah, falling off has, a bit. I, th- I think you're real disappointed by that. I, very much so, solely based on my initial expectations of him. Um, so I think while Manchester United is toiling towards the end of the season, Manchester City, like we say in almost every single podcast, they're hitting their role, baby. This mm-hmm. is when they're the strongest. So going into this, like I said, nine times out of ten, I think City is going to win this final. Um, however, it's football, baby, and the football gods still exist for right Anything now. Anything can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, can I go back to your earlier point about like only two teams won? won the, are you just saying two English teams? I feel like there's a lot more teams that won a trouble. Inter has won one. Barcelona has won one. I'm Manchester- sorry. I'm sorry. United, three teams that I know of. Unless, did Bayern do it? I'm pretty sure I you're did it Messi. as well. I just want to make sure because I don't want some because I, I so there's Barcelona with the Messi Suarez Neymar. There was uh, obviously Manchester United. There was obviously uh, Inter Milan. I'm pretty sure Bayern did it as well. I think they only did the domestic treble. I don't think they ever did the treble treble. But like when they won the Champions League, like what uh, uh, two years ago or last when they beat PSG, I think that was a treble for them, wasn't it? Or did they not win the Pokal or whatever? We can double Good check, one. but it's definitely more than two. I just wanted to it just. Is. Sorry, but but the, uh, they'd that, be in a very is... small room of people. It'd be very small company of people who've won a treble. I mean, the the big th- even though like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo won a three peat of Champions League, he never won a treble uh, with uh, Real Madrid. You know what I mean? Like winning a treble is really fucking hard, and only a few teams have ever done it. Um, all right, we're fact checking. We're googling. This is live. Uh, Wikipedia get... is not helping me. It's talking to me about Congo clubs and Japanese clubs right now, as well as Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia. Ghana, what did you Indonesia. Google? Like, what soccer teams have won the trouble? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in deep. I'm in like the guy who has scored. You like hit the wrong link. Clubs. God <laughs> damn it, Martin. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. I got a list now. Okay, okay. it's like five clubs, and it's it's nine. Nine. All right. Nine. Holy Nine. shit. We're okay. going back. We're going back to the start of soccer, though. So ke- keep it in mind. We're going okay we're way back. All right. So, uh, 1966 uh, Celtic, 1971 Ajax, 1987 PSV, 1998 uh, Manchester United, 2008 Barca, 2009 Inter, 2012 Bayern, 2014 Barca, 2019 Bayern. So in total, you have one, two, three, four, six different teams who have won it. So some have done it multiple times. Iron and Barca have done it a couple times. Also, let's just throw out, let's go up to modern times. Let's just start with Manchester United, Treble in 98 and so forth. So So Bayern, Barca, Inter, United. Yes. So, so very, very. Ajax, PSV and Celtic, y'all, y'all forgive us. I sure before my time, what there wasn't even color TV, was there? I don't know. Um, I don't know either. Um, I think that came in '66 because then the Beatles were one of the first things to have color TV. I just remember something like the Beatles in 1966, and then they all had mustaches. And I saw that in a TikTok recently. They all got mustaches at once. John Mulaney did a whole bit about that. Anyway. Um, that's how, <laughs> that's how, that's how, that's how my brain works. He was like, isn't it weird that they all got mustaches and the same time as color television? Um, 
Have you ever seen the uh, the footage of how the TVs transi- transitioned from black and white footage to color television um, whenever it came out? It's super fucking cool. Like it, it was a black and white show and then it scrolled the color over it and then there was color TV. Are you talking about The Wizard of Oz? I don't know. I might be. I I I, I, saw, <laughs> I also saw it on the internet, so I don't believe a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, because the beginning of the movie is in Kansas. It's black and white, and then they go to Oz, and it's like all colorful. Oh, but I was watching a TV within a TV, so I don't oh. know if I was watching The Wizard of Oz. There was I that weird... I definitely was watching The Wizard of Oz. I've been hoodwinked. Good movie. Good movie. Great movie. Okay. Um, I guess, is that another FA Cup talk, even though we kind of... So. Uh, also, fucking the robot scored again. Holland oh. is, is doing his robot thing. Cool, whatever. Don't care. Don't yeah. care. I just hope he doesn't score <laughs> against us. Too much. It, I hope it, he doesn't. He's. It's annoying now. It's getting a bit annoying. I'm getting a bit tired of it. If you're a Man City fan, you're probably saying, "Shut the fuck up." I get it. I get it. Um. Okay, let's move in to the Premier League weekend. Um, and before we get to my London club disappointing me, let's get to. Uh, one that's I would say way more disappointing. I mean, they're not in the title There's race. A couple. There's a couple disappointing London clubs. Like honestly, four of them right now. So yeah. uh, pick them. Pick your uh, poison, dude. Um, I think I want to start with Tottenham and yeah. uh, yikes, holy holy yikes, being down for nothing to Newcastle who had just their way. I haven't seen a team just have their way with a club early in a match. Like we saw what happened with the Liverpool Manchester United. I don't want to bring that back up for you. I know that was some poor memories. You're good. Okay. Okay. You've moved on. You've grieved. Yeah. You you gone through acceptance. You guys are in seventh place. Y'all beat us though. Okay. So, but for nothing within the first 20 minutes, and already sacking their interim manager, um, it, he, he speed he speed run, uh, getting sacked. I didn't think that was possible. Like as an interim, like okay, we'll make it. You know, we got like eight to six games left. Like, don't worry, um, just don't do anything like embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> does probably the most embarrassing thing you could do, um, and lose six one at St James Park. Harry Kane. Uh, consolation goal in the second half made it five one, uh, five nil at the half. Um, where do you even begin with this, Martin? Like, it just becomes like I was texting with some of my Tottenham fans, and I was trying to be sympathetic, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up, Kevin. You don't really mean it." And I was like, "No, like seriously, like as someone who was devastated on Friday afternoon with my Arsenal club, like I wanted to show some sympathy to my fellow Londoner." Um, they were just laughing. They just thought it was comical yeah. in the in the sickest, saddest way. Uh, how they just uh were totally taken apart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I could equate this to, if I could equate this match to another match that just kind of shocked everybody, um, it would be the Stephen Gerrard's last game for Liverpool match, where Southampton's final game of the season, Southampton was pro- either on the relegation line or getting releg- relegated, and they just came out and pumped five goals into this Liverpool squad by halftime. And, this, and then they all laughed in the dressing yeah, room at halftime, exactly. which I think is and, the best part. They all looked around in silence and, and then all at once. fucking bursting out laughing. <laughs> and and this game just gave me the most fucking vivid deja vu because it, it felt equally unreal. And this happened in a quicker amount of time. I mean, fucking Jacob Murphy had a brace by 10 minutes. That's Jacob Murphy. 
had a brace <laughs> within ten the first ten minutes. Alexander Isak just again like. I, I was watching it with my dad, who I'm really proud of him for getting into soccer this year with me. We've, we've yeah. shared, I, it is like hard. For, it has been the hardest thing. He even sends me texts like uh, in the morning now. He's like, I watched Sports Center this morning. You, there was a bicycle kick at number three. I'm like, well, <laughs> cool, dad. Thanks. Um, that's sick. Thanks, Kevin. Great, great update. Um, and we were watching this match together. Uh, I went up to visit him. And holy shit, uh, he was like, what the fuck? He was like, does this happen all the time? I'm like, no, this this rarely, rarely happens. And when it does, it's a big deal. When I knew this was like a momentous game that I think we'll all remember, they subbed out Loris at the half. They pulled a fucking, I texted this to the group. It felt like a hockey team move when the goalkeeper is just not having it for the night. But that's hockey. Mm -hmm. This is fucking football, man. And the fact that they subbed off Loris. And I think if you're a Tottenham fan, this is probably the lowest of the season next to the Antonio Conte presser. Um, I don't know where you go with this club. I think you need to do a mass exodus. It seems like these players, especially in the defense and it just seems like they just showed up and forgot that, you know, one, they're in the top four race. They are in the top four race to get champions league football Two why did they think Newcastle was something to just breeze by about Martin? Like Newcastle has been as much as you have hated very, very good this season and not a team, especially at home at St. James park to like take the fucking foot off the gas, like of all teams. And this is what Newcastle can do or are capable of. If you do not show up and give them respect. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's super telling. Uh, Like you said, you've got, quite a number of players that don't seem to give two shites about this club. And I, I think it's re- really unsettling for ha- Harry Kane, especially um, where he has essentially stated pretty clearly that he does not want to leave Tottenham. He wants to lead this club into glory. However, things seem to be falling apart around him. And there is fucking jack all anybody can do about this. And I, I, I did want to fact, my ch- fact check myself from last episode. I was saying that Ryan Mason was the interim manager. I had completely blanked that they hired Stanelli. And like Kev said, he's he's already been fired. He's done. Now Ryan Mason is in. And so you can just imagine the inside turmoil of this club. Not just after this game, but the entirety of the season. Throughout the Antonio Conte tenure. Through the end of Antonio Conte. Uh, to the a- absolute drubbing that happened this weekend against Newcastle, who, like Kev said, ain't nothing to fuck around about. Um, so I-, I think this was a perfect storm to allow this to happen from a Tottenham side of things. But here's here's my question to you. I'm sorry to get away from the game, but I think there's something uh, we 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 kind of got to fucking talk about because, in my opinion, Harry Kane is one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League history. Yep. Uh, He's, he's about to turn 30. He's about to, well, in a couple of years, he's going to lose his legs. He's already heightened his game under Jose Mourinho. I don't think Tottenham has a chance in fucking hell of winning a significant title in the coming two years at this rate that we're going on. What does Harry Kane do? Well, Dan go- Levy might not sell him. Like, to be honest, Dan Levy is still a fucking absolute raging dickhead. And we'll probably not let him go. But if you're Harry Kane, what do you want to do at this point? 
Well, I want to kind of go back that he wants to stay a Spurs. I mean, we saw this summer that he kind of held out for a bit and was trying to get, you know, trying to parade himself for Man City, who ultimately with Erling Holland, like, um, and I think he would have, uh, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think he would have similar numbers as Holland this season. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Like maybe not as many goals, but I think probably more assists. Like mm-hmm. I, I just think. Uh, I think he would be a better player for Manchester City as well. Yeah, but you know when the the goals speak for themselves, for Erling Holland. That is not a ding at Erling Holland. I just think Harry Kane is just a more complete footballer compared compared to Erling Holland. I don't think I'm talking crazy when I say that. Um, what I'm trying to say is is that we've already seen him try to like leave this past summer, kinda like in a. But he seemed like too wishy washy about it. Like it felt as though like he should have either been like hardcore, I want out, or hardcore, and he just uh, or hardcore stay, and it felt like he was just in the middle. Yeah, uh, and, and this ain't the time. I think that uh, harmed him, him to be. Yeah, and I don't think this is the time. Uh, like like we said, this is the prime of his career. I, I think he's 28, 29 right now. Um, for the amount of work he does in, in terms of the press as well as tracking back, um, in addition to everything he offers offensively, which is far and above more than he offers defensively, his legs will go in the next couple of years, and he will not be as vicious as, as of a striker as he is right now. And, you know, that kind of doubles with the other uh, hits of this Tottenham squad, Huming Sun. We've seen what he is capable of doing. But we, he's fallen off so hard this he season. He's falling off so hard. And, and you got to fucking uh, question the motivation behind all these players. I mean, some of these players have been in the fucking shit. Uh, Huming Sun, Harry Kane, uh, Hugo Lloris, especially. Eric Dyer. Uh, Eric Dyer, who have literally lived since the Pochettino heydays all the way down to this, again, fucking very disappointing uh, stop in the road. So I think that this game for Tottenham, uh, and in itself, is not a warning sign, but a result of all the warning signs in the past. Uh, This is a fucking god-awful game for them, no doubt. Um, But at the same time, holy fucking shit, Newcastle. I keep saying, I keep hoping that this is just another flash in the pan. And I don't think that they continue it. They can continue it in the long run, but they keep proving me the fuck wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm I I feel comfortable almost saying that uh, they will be in Champions League next year. I feel very confident at this point. When I look at the other clubs around them, I think you are safe, and I think it's Newcastle as well. Obviously, Arsenal, Man City, one two. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a little redder at top. Um, but then after that, Tottenham, um, I mean, the only real scare who someone who could slip in there is probably Aston Villa or Liverpool and gun to my head at this moment. Like I'm probably in terms of current form, I think Villa is in better form than Liverpool, even though Villa got the draw this weekend. Um, but we're just going off like, uh, do I think Tottenham gets top four? I don't even think they might get Europe at this rate, at this fucking rate. It is like we've seen teams at the end of the season just fall completely apart. I mean, look at Leicester City the past couple of years. I'm not trying to put them as the same like at et- uh as same tier as as a club like Leicester and Tottenham. But what I'm trying to say is that we've seen teams just completely capitulate at the end of the season. So now we're going to bet on one. It's absolutely Tottenham. And man, I just don't know what you do going forward and like what manager like would want to take this project, you know, I mean, obviously like you're going to get paid very well and there are, there is still promise, but if you're like in that next top tier manager, like 
you're looking at this and going like, I don't want to do Harry Kane's probably gone. I don't, I'm probably going to get a bunch of scraps. Will the ownership back me? <laughs> like, right. Right. There's right. a, there's a, there's way too many questions where I think this is a good transition into this. Is that like uh, the rumors of former Tottenham Hotspurs manager, uh, Pochettino is returning is returning to the Premier League one, but going to rival London club Chelsea. Um, yeah. Oh, and go ahead. I, go ahead. I, I think that uh, speaks volumes, uh, not not just to the plan that Chelsea thinks that they have in place, but just to re- keep the focus on Tottenham right now. Uh, that kind of leaves them like a fish out of water. That limits the already small supply of managers available. And Kev, you made an awesome point with. This is not an attractive project. Chelsea is is a very unattractive project, but you know you have that ownership backing. Like you, you know you have an unlimited spending platform behind you and a manager that supports you in the in the simplest sense of the words. And what I think is also different with Chelsea is they still have a lot of young players that could reach a higher ceiling. And like right. are there any really great young prospects at Spurs right now off the top of your head? No, not, not not really. I mean, at least with like Kai Havertz and Enzo and Mudrick, like there's several players just off the top of my head where you go like, okay, like they've not exactly been, I think Enzo's actually probably been the best out of them. Kai has scored pretty well. Mudrick will have to wait another season to see if he's a bust or not. What I'm trying to say is uh, at least you're like, okay, like I have some very young players that I can possibly mold or work, or if it doesn't work out, I, I have the backing of the ownership. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> Tottenham going into it, it does not have that. Um, at, at the end of the day, do, they are not coming to the table prepared to offer a clear vision for success, regardless of the manager. Uh, they're not going into the management search with a plan. They're going into it desperate. And so you look at the management that is left available. Obviously, you've got top names like uh, Zinedine Zidane. Um, you've got top names like uh, Diego Simeone. Um, you've got top names like the uh, French coach, uh, 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 LeBlanc. Um, so you have those names, but I don't think any of those names are going to be attracted to Tottenham for you know everything you just said. I don't think the lesser known managers um, who in their own right are brilliant, those like De Zerbi on Brighton, those uh, like Unai Sim, uh, uh, Unai Emery on on Aston Villa right now, can bring Tottenham to that next level that they so desire. So I think that Tottenham needs a world class manager, but they do not offer an attractive project for a world class manager to take on. So they're caught in this purgatory. Obviously, Nagelsmann has withdrawn his interest from Chelsea, so he's also an option. But again, you're 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 kind of fucking caught between a rock and a hard place. You're not getting. And this is, this is like the worst place to be in as a club. Like it's, it's, you are literally, as you said, in limbo at the moment and you don't see where the future is. At least with Chelsea, they are just like been kind of shit, but you know, there, there's a future with ownership. They have young players and like, they know that they're going to get the backing that they need. Um, And it's still a very attractive, you know, uh, spot for managers right. um Tottenham if you're like because you see it at Chelsea like they've gone through managers and they've all somehow come up with some type of success as of late not as not as of late but with Tottenham like Josie Mourinho went there Antonio Conte went there and now it's like 
uh, if it didn't work out for those two guys who are like notorious winners and like, uh, you know, but could be a bit tumultuous, <laughs> tumultuous, what's the word tumultuous? That's, uh, right. That's right. Uh, as managers, like they burn very bright, but quickly. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, like if I told you Brendan Rogers, like, I don't know if you feel good about that. Uh, friend of the show, Brock mentioned, uh, Bielsla. Like it's like, there's, I'm saying these managers names, but like, they all just sound fine. Like none of those are like moving into the next generation or next step as a club. So I don't know. I didn't think we were going to spend this much time talking about Tottenham, which is kind of fun. Um, and I'm not like remote, like as a club who just went through this uh, with Arsenal and we just came in eighth place the past two seasons. Like um, you just have to kind of find a manager, get behind him, get him to weed out the, you know, the bad eggs in the club and, uh, try to build a culture with like some of your academy and some young signings. Like um, it's going to be tough. I mean, I guess like you could say like Vincent company, he's been now in the managerial circles with everything he's done at Burnley. Um, I don't know. Uh, I Is is there any names off the top of your head where you'd be like, I feel good as a Tottenham fan, but like excluding like some of the top managers who probably wouldn't want to go there because of what, for many of the reasons that we've said before. Honestly, one of the names you brought up, um, that Brock brought up, uh, that I did not think of. I think Marco Biesla would be an excellent choice. Um, I don't think Mar- Marco Biesla is, you know, one of the top level managers. I don't think uh, Biesla necessarily deserves a shot at a top club um, based on his track history. However, Biesla has a history of taking, taking quote unquote, broken clubs. Um, broken spirited clubs and and returning them to a an at least passionate club uh, and at least an invigorated fan base as well. So I I like the suggestion of Marco Biesla. You know, one thing that we have learned about Biesla is that he will make the players work, and I think there is a lack of dedication um in the midfield and defense for this Tottenham squad. Passion, where is it? Exactly. And outside of Biesla, there's only a couple other uh, names that I'm going to throw out there. Marco Silva on Fulham, um, I think, Mm. should get a shout. I thought he was an excellent manager for Wolves uh, all those years ago. He flopped at Everton. However, I didn't think he should should have gotten the boot at Everton. And now he's doing great things at Wolves. He's a fiery personality. He was one of the ones red carded in the FA Cup uh, duel against Manchester United for Fulham when Mitrovic lost his head. So off the top of my head, I, I really like the suggestion of Biesla, and I'm, I'm going to throw out um, uh, Marco Silva as well. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like both of those. Um, and Dean Smith. Yeah, but he's a bit busy at the moment. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a full plate on his hands. Um, yeah, I don't really have any else for Spurs. Uh, I kind of want to hop around the Premier League. I kind of want to save Arsenal for last because I think Chelsea. that we we kind of brought them up. That's it, Chelsea. They had another fucking stinker of a damn weekend. Uh, yeah, not not exactly great. Sorry, my app is loading. Um, but... oh no, no Chelsea. I mean, I I swear to fucking God, I have never seen. Did they play this weekend? I don't think they played this weekend. That's why I was like confused. Why didn't they play this weekend? They're not in any cups. 
I guess was this weekend makeup games? It wasn't, right? It was just a normal weekend. What happened to Chelsea this weekend? They just had they just had to, they took the weekend <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, guys, we, we have no idea what happened to Chelsea this weekend. Um, I also thought Chelsea sucked this weekend, but I yeah, I'm whatever. Really imagining that. Fuck me up. Yeah, we just both went on our little, you know, uh mushroom trip there. Just imagined together that Chelsea sucked. I mean, like it wouldn't su- surprise us. Yeah, they didn't play this weekend. No. Well, they might be getting Pochettino. I guess we could talk about that. Um, is that a good signing? I think it's a good signing. I like I, Poch. I think I, was, I think it's a good signing. Yeah. I think you could uh do a lot with I mean, we saw what he could do with the youth at Tottenham. I think mm-hmm. he'd be able to do a, I mean, I think PSG is kind of a poison chalice. I don't think anyone who goes there has had a lot of success, let's be honest. Um there's least, a reason there's a reason Kevin and I keep bringing up Poch. Like whenever a managerial um opening comes up. Uh, we we keep bringing him up, and and you know I I do really like this sabbatical that he's taken, this refresher that he's taken. Um, Zinedine Zidane did that um, after his first stint um, managing Real Madrid before he returned, and I, I remember I was flabbergasted about it, and I was always worried that he would come off worse for wear, kind of rusty as a manager. And he came back fresher than ever before. And I kind of have a gut feeling that this Pochettino, he, he's going to bring some jewels back in his pockets on his return to management. Um, Like you said, Kev, PSG is a poison fucking chalice. I could not have put it better uh, between the Prince of France or P- Prince of Paris Mbappe, the Neymar and his sister, <clears throat> the messy bandwagons and the fucking Saudi ownership. I mean, it's it's just a recipe for disaster for any coach in the world. So I, I I tend to look at Pochettino's record at Tottenham more than anything, and I think he did an excellent job at Tottenham. So I think this is a real good hire for Chelsea. Yeah, no, I, I I'd really like to see what signings he brings in. I like to see his formations because I feel like I have not seen a good Chelsea formation all season long. For real. Or squad selection, man. I swear yeah. to fucking God, man. Mason Mount should be playing. He should yeah. be playing. Um, and also what players will be gone? Will Christian Pulisic be gone? Who else will be leaving? Uh, Aubameyang, I'm sure he's gone. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Um Okay, well, let's talk about some actual teams that played this weekend then. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> um, I guess like the two relegation stories that are huge, Fulham beating Leeds and then Leicester beating Wolves. I mean, those are both massive in the relegation fight, which are both kind of not surprising. I'm just kind of very happy for Leicester because it's actually seeing them score some goals. And then Leeds versus Fulham, I'm not that surprised, but, uh, you know, not for like, Obviously, um, in terms of Fulham, they're fine. But in terms of Leeds, like uh, this just helps out a lot of other teams that are struggling at the moment. Yeah, and I, I will say it, it does look like West Ham and Wolves have pulled themselves clear of the impending relegation zone at this point. Um, West Ham with a, I mean, they're they're five points clear at this point, and and I think uh, West Ham just put a beating down on Bournemouth this weekend. Uh, so for me, I think we're looking at 16th place down for the relegation battle come the end of the fucking season. Um, and at this point, I, 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 you know, I saw every uh, match that these guys played in this weekend. Obviously, we'll get to the Southampton game. I'm not giving them much of a shout to get out of the zone. 
Nottingham Forest looked pretty damn good against Liverpool for long stretches of the game. Everton, it's it's hit or miss, baby. I, I don't know how I feel about Everton. Leicester, I do think are on the up and up. And Leeds, again, it's hit or fucking miss. So if I had to say one fucking team from the bottom five teams that I feel is going to make it to safety, it's Leicester for me. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't feel good about Bournemouth after them getting whopped by West Ham this weekend. That was a I, big whopping. I I that know was they're a 4-0 whopping. Yeah, I I just don't really rate Bournemouth that highly. And I mean, can I even talk when I went up against the worst team in the league and had to do a miraculous comeback to in like in order to do so? Um, I don't know. I guess we can go there to the Arsenal. Hey, what uh, the fuck, Kevin? What the fuck? I, I just want to give some people some context for my Friday afternoons. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have a meeting every Friday for my job uh, at three o'clock. And of course this match starts at three o'clock and I'm like, okay, I'll miss like the first, whatever. Um, let's just say uh, Aaron Ramsdale, who has had a phenomenal season um, so far, probably goalie keeper of the season. Um, uh, had a whoopsie, had a real whoopsie do, uh, Pass the right to Southampton. Carlos Alcarez scores within the first minute. So th- immediately my phone is blowing up because everyone's like, holy shit, haha, fuck Arsenal. And I'm like literally trying to go over in this meeting about, oh, I don't know if these chips are going to get in time to the warehouse to be distributed and if the markdown's going to be good for my grocery stores. Um, I cannot fucking focus at all during this meeting that usually should just be an email. And for some reason, that's every Friday at three o'clock, Martin. Um and I am like losing my mind. And then next thing you know, Theo fucking Walcott, uh, which everyone makes fun of because they think my cat is named after him. His name is also Theodo, Theo, uh, Theodo. No, Theo, Theodo. Um, <laughs> of course, we go down two nil within the first 15 minutes of this game, Martin. And I'm sitting here in this meeting, losing my mind going, holy fuck, this this. We've all been in those meetings where it's like this could be this could be an email. This could easily been an email. We're just talking about bullshit, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I love my team. They're very sweet. But I, there's times where I'm like, what's going on here? Um, we make a Martinelli gives it uh, gives us some hope, making it two one uh, in the 20th minute, and then we have a second half that's just like hold on to your fucking seats where we score two goals in the last two minutes there's added seven minutes and all i gotta say is i'm kind of rambling because i'm kind of flustered by this whole game i immediately went out and got very very drunk uh just to reconcile with all this that the title is slowly more and more three draws in a row slipping away from my precious arsenal um just symbolic defending rob holding i can't I just, I miss Saliba so fucking much, Martin. I miss him so, so much. I didn't think I could miss a defender so much as you've missed like Martinez or somebody this season. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm glad we came back. I'm glad uh, Saka and Odegaard were able to galvanize this team and felt like we could almost win this. It was, it would have been one of the greatest wins ever uh, for our team, even though in the context we had to come back all the, all you, we shouldn't have to come back against the worst team in the fucking league. But what'd you make of the game? I just, I just, I feel like I had to get that out. Yeah, yeah. Some cathartic release there. Had it all pent up. Had to fucking get it out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, first and foremost, I, I think surprise is is the emotion that comes best to mind. Um, if nothing else, I think this Arsenal squad has been phenomenal 
in their midfield as well as their goalkeeping. And I, I think that's where both of the uh, um, goals from Southampton came from. Uh, the mistake from Ramsdale, I believe, was one of his maybe three mistakes of the year. But <clears throat> I, I think that the point remains, Kev and I alluded to this over the past two podcasts, that this game and the game against West Ham last week, I mean, just crucial fucking games to, you know, remain at ease in your mind. And I think that they were both two fucking games coming off of a, a falter against Liverpool that if one, we would have a much different conversation. And I, I think that everybody is going balls to the wall towards the end of the fucking season. Obviously, this fucking pressure is insane for uh, this young Arsenal team. So you can't help but commend them for their fight back to get a point, to salvage a point. But this, like you said, this 2-0 deficit should have never happened in the first point. Um, they were callous mistakes, casual mistakes, mistakes that would not have happened a couple months ago. And, you know, what we've been saying this entire fucking year, Manchester City is the most dangerous when it comes to the end of the fucking season. So any mistake is going to be punished tenfold. And we're seeing it in live time right now, which is especially hurtful. Um, but I will say it, it, it does bring me fucking joy to see that fucking Norwegian boy turn passes like a mother trucker in the midfield for Arsenal. Like a, after the two goals were scored on you, after the halftime whistle blew, Odegaard turned into an absolutely different person. And I, I, will, I will shout this from the mountaintops until I am blue in the face. Odegaard is the fucking heart and soul of that entire team. I love that fucking kid. Yeah, I love Martin Odegaard. I think the way he can take control of games sometimes is just a marvel to watch. I think him and Bokoyo Saka just have this rhythm. Like they've been playing together for like a decade. Like, I don't know. They just sometimes have this just up front. Like the passing is just so crisp and no nice. Look. No look. But I think you made up a really good point, and that's what like Mikel Arteta uh, brought up in his post presser interview was that like we need to get back to basics. We got to cut out all the bullshit. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say cut out the bullshit, but like he should have. He should have. In his stupid Spanish accent, he should have um, said it. His hot Spanish accent. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, he has to. Stupid, we have to just cut out the little things. I mean, I said. After the Liverpool match and probably before it, we have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. And this squad has been nothing but not perfect the, 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 this part of the season. And I think this is a good transition into Wednesday's matchup against Man City. I think we should do a quick preview of that match, at least. Um, I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about it at all. I wouldn't I wouldn't feel great about it even if we had more of a point cushion lead, Martin, based on the form that Man City are currently in. We're five points up, but Man City obviously has the two games in hand. And plus, we have to play Newcastle later in the season, which I'm not excited about either. Um, going into this match, uh, Erling Holland versus Rob Holding, nightmare. That is an absolute nightmare. The only way I think Rob Holding has a chance against Erling Holland is doing his weird psychological mind games that him <laughs> and Diego Costa did years back in that FA Cup final. Um I think we're going to have to be perfect in the midfield with Odegaard, Partey, and Jaka, And then up front, like I, I'm essentially banking on these young kids to go up against the best coach, against probably the best team in the world with the best striker currently in the world. And 
it's a huge ask. It's a huge ask, not just for Arsenal, but for any team in the world. I mean, they just got done slapping around Bayern Munich, who I think are a better team than Arsenal. They slapped around Bayern Munich, and now we're heading to their home grounds and us to get an, again, which say what you want about that, and if they have enough <laughs> fans or whatever. Um, I just... I don't feel very confident. And even if we do get a draw there, I think that would be massive for us towards the end of the season. But I don't feel great about it. I, I think in a in a perfect fucking world, in a perfect world, this Manchester City game would have replaced the Liverpool game on a calendar. I think you were at your peak at the most high-flowing, free-flowing, fucking high-energy football going into that Liverpool game. And I think that if if those were flip flopped on the calendar, we would have a very discussion, a very different discussion right now. Um, however, them's are lies. I tell myself when I try and fall asleep at night, and tell myself Manchester City doesn't have a shot at the treble. Ah, uh, so back to the reality of the situation. I mean, look, we talked about the FA Cup. <sighs> at the beginning of this podcast, and I expressed quite genuinely the exact same sentiment that Kev just fucking talked about. I think if you talk to any Bayern fan um, before the uh, Champions League uh, matchup, they would have probably expressed the exact same sentiment. Uh, We've been talking about this the entirety of the season. I brought it up not five minutes ago. This is when Manchester City is at the best. This is a slow-burning fire that gets more consistent more, better, more, gooder, fucking more, Bigger. faster, better, stronger, faster, Kanye. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't think that anybody in their right mind would go into this game fucking confident. However, these kids, and I am going to fucking call them kids because I am five years older than the average age of the squad. Yikes. Uh, speaking Ouch. of five years don't older. Speaking of this, this is just a testament to the athletes on the pitch. This is a quick aside, and I apologize to everybody. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so Whitney Cat got out the other day, okay. and I, I hurt my fucking knee in uh, a crash a couple of weeks ago, fucking ligament damage and all that. Anyway, the only thing was on my mind was catch a cat. And so the cat fucking panics, gets outside, fucking sprints and sprints around so i'm chasing it sprinting at as fast as i can on my hobbled leg i'll tell you what i sprinted for no more than 48 seconds 48.7 seconds to be exact and i was motherfucking winded so shout out to james (laughs) milner man i don't know how they fucking do it but anyway (laughs) these kids these fucking kids i think have all the fucking pressure in the world on them However, I think that they have shown over the course of the season that they can stand up to this pressure. And, you know, this this is, like you've said, like I've said, this is a must-win scenario. This is the title right here. Whoever wins this gets the big bananas. Um, a tie kind of nullifies all, but nobody's playing for a tie. Well, I say that, and I bet you fucking money Manchester City is going to play it safe and play for the tie and just win out. I bet I you I, fucking money that's exactly what I don't know. I think... I mean, that would be probably very smart of him. Yeah, um, I bet uh, you money that's exactly what he's going to do. Be a real bitch-ass move. He's um, going to park the fucking bus. I don't know. I think both teams are going to be going all out this entire match, and I really think it would be like a miracle on ice for us. <laughs> to Straight up. Oh, yeah. I think win, the odds are about the same, too. Win, so, to win this match. And 
if you asked me this question about like a month ago or so, I probably been like, no, I think it's about like 50, 50. I think we have a good chance. I'm probably at like 80, 20. And you know what? I prepare myself for that. And when we do lose probably this match, it's still going to be as soul crushing. Uh, uh, don't say it yet, dude. But you know what? I'm I'm it. I'm going to give myself that hope. You know, it's the hope that kills you. And kills you. I will just say, I think you know we have a we have a puncher's chance, and I'm going to take that. I think it could be a perfect storm. Maybe we can just pray that Pep overthinks this one. Maybe Arteta has that secret insider information because he worked under Pep for all those years. He knows how to get inside that bold big brain of his. Maybe I don't know. I I just have to I have to go through every scenario in my head uh, until I find the right one. And I'm hoping uh, Arteta can go through the past three matches, see where we fell apart when we were up two nil or when we went down two nil, and can really just start uh, mapping something out good because I think it's not. I think it's really going to come down to Arteta's game plan, and we're going to find out really early in this match if it's working or not. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think the first 15 minutes are key, um, as with any game, really, but obviously, staying the obvious over here, but I think Arsenal has to, has to, has to make their intentions very clear from the get-go um, to have a chance in hell at this match. Um, obviously, it, it, it is at the Eddie Heads. Obviously, Arsenal have been so strong at home this year and and carry a raucous support behind their fans. Um, so they do lose some of their uh, edge, so to speak, uh, from a just <clears throat> emotional standpoint. But I, I think this game carries the weight of the world in its hands. I mean, the the title implications at least are pretty evident to all involved. And so I don't think any any team going into this matchup on Wednesday doesn't think anything other than this is this is my World Cup. This is my chance for glory. Whoever wins this comes out on top, essentially. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, this is also <laughs> a fucking crazy goddamn thing. And I swear to God, there are football gods out there and they will not let Manchester City win the treble. So if you win, we're safe. If you lose, Real Madrid will beat City or Manchester United will beat City. So in, in whatever way, we got it fucking covered. And I hope it's y'all. Like, I, I genuinely fucking hope it's Thank Arsenal you. who beats Manchester City. If I had to fucking pick between a Manchester City... Uh, if I had to pick between a Manchester City Champions League or a Manchester City uh, title again, I think I would rather have an Arsenal fucking title again. Well, I think it's because so Arsenal, you, it. you feel bad for me. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I've always had a soft spot for Arsenal. I've always liked Arsenal. Oh, thanks. I've always liked making fun of Arsenal. Yeah, no, it's easy. Um, and it's it's weird because like I forgot about all because we've been doing so well this season and now the jokes are back and I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't for miss real, this. Dude. Yeah, for like, real. It, it happened so quick. I've barely had to post the memes about them or like like mm-hmm. I've had barely anything bad to say about anything. And now it's like we get three draws in a row and I'm like, oh, shit, like we haven't even lost. Like, and yeah. I'm like, <laughs> but all these draws have felt like losses and like everyone is like bagging on us right now. I mean, justifiably so. I'm just like, shit, I did not miss this. It's been like, I've been just like cool, like runnings this whole time. Dude, and- I went to I went to the Liverpool subreddit the other day and and you should see the Liverpool subreddit. They have turned on everything over there. 
Everybody shit. Everybody has to go. <laughs> oh, it sounds so it is, toxic. This sounds is, so toxic. It is literally the fucking perfect imagery of society right now. The second it goes off the rails for a tiny bit, everybody's fuck this guy. He doesn't play for the club. Yeah. We should get this guy fucking flop out xyz so wow. I, I will say that i i don't think like that every subreddit uh, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think that that uh situation is individualized and it's at, at all so um i think the only hope that we have as a football collective community is to stop manchester city from absolutely dominating everything in existence i feel like we're terminators like we're we're just fucking what's his name john smith some stupid fucking name uh, and we're going up against Skynet, and we're just little fucking guys going up against the Skynet Manchester City. Oh, John Connor. I was like, John what are you talking about? John like, Smith. I was fucking close, dude. <laughs> John, John Doe. Um, John Doe. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I I like City. I like their manager. I like their players. It's just like, just it'd be cool if it like, wasn't you this year. Like, you would have it next year. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I you like, had it four years before now, and yeah, you'll have like, it again. Fucking like, chill, man. Can we can we chill the fuck out? Okay. Also, uh, our like, you know, Pep's baby. Yeah. You, you made him. You, it pretty much is pretty, honestly, if Arteta <laughs> winning, like, that's a win for you guys. Like, yeah, for real. It's Pep's legacy, bro. Come on we'll, now. We'll give you, like, a little miniature Premier League trophy and we'll be like, <laughs> like, 1A, 1B, you know, and probably Arteta, like, once he's done at Arsenal, and I hope he has a very successful long career at our club at the oh. moment, he's probably going to coach your club one day and you'll be like, ah, oh, we, we have, we have groomed this young boy. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and I, you can, uh, oh, Kevin, I saw these horrible rumors that I, I do want uh, to talk to you about. It was oh, from Marsa. It was from Marsa. So like a legit, well, kind of legit, essentially the guardian of fucking Spain. Uh-huh. Um, where where, where are they spitting? Tell me. They're, they're saying uh, that Arteta has already verbally agreed to uh, go to Real Madrid after his tenure at Arsenal is done. Why would you? Fuck you. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> Because it makes sense and that hurts. Uh, man, um, my first reaction is uh, my heart sank. My second, I saw yeah. it live on your face. Like y'all can't y'all can't see Kevin's face, but I saw a lot of a lot uh, of tears leave Kevin right here. Right, I now. just my eyes just went every direction at once. Um, <laughs> like I was possessed. Uh, yeah, that would suck dick, um, especially if he didn't win anything with my club before going there and then wins everything with Real Madrid, as as it so goes with a lot of clubs. Um, so, yeah, uh, don't ever tell me that again. <laughs> um, anything else? I mean, I, that was pretty much what I wanted to do with the pod. Anything else you want to talk about? Any other soccer news? Oh, 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 yes. Um, oh, shit. Borussia Dortmund is in the lead in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich lost. Yes, Bayern Munich lost I, for the third time in the row. Uh, Thomas Tuchel has lost three games out of his first, I think, seven in charge, which equals the amount that Julian Nagelsmann lost the entirety of the season before he was fired. But, but Tommy fucking Tuchel, a big giant fuck you to you as always. Wow, wait a like. I don't even understand I, how that you happens. Know, you know, I hate Thomas Tuchel. You it's know, usually, it's usually with Bayern, like the manager doesn't really. I mean, they do. They get great managers. Usually, it doesn't matter. They just their players, and they steal all their players from all the other Bundesliga teams, especially well, Dortmund and others. Like usually, it's like the manager don't start Muller. I don't understand it. it. He refused to start Muller two times in the Champions League. Refused to start Muller against Mines this weekend. 
stop not starting Mueller. Mueller is the and I still can't fucking pronounce his name. Yeah, I was about to say soccer Mue- for like Mueller. Fucking, I Thomas Mueller. I cannot say it. it's Mueller. Mueller. It's, there you yeah. go. That was close. Yeah. Mueller. Do you see my face? Mueller. You don't have to. I you, do have to. <laughs> we'll do it like uh like Ferris Bueller, but Mueller. Ferris Bueller. You, oh, Ferris <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well i think that's our show we'll work on our pronunciations in a few episodes or so but i just want to say thank you guys all for listening make sure to check out the instagram twitter discord uh all sorts of stuff anything you want to plug martin no okay cool. them all all right well we love you guys we'll talk to you next week bye I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new